Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Super Mario Land for the Game Boy. Super Mario Land was developed by Nintendo and released as a launch title in Japan of April 21st, 1989, and in North America July 31st of 1989 for the Game Boy. Now, unlike Super Mario Bros., this game was not made by Shigeru Miyamoto and Nintendo's EAD team, but instead by Gunpai Yokoi and the R&D1 team. Yeah, it's a totally different spin on the on the classic Mario formula. Yeah, well, those are the uh, Kid Icarus slash Metroid guys. So this is definitely one of the reasons this game feels a little different. Now, music in this game was not done by our old friend Koji Kondo either. Not this time. No, it was done by Hip Tanaka. Another giant of of the... (laughs) I really would have liked to see what he would have done with more Mario games, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting branch on the family tree here. Now, this game was originally going to be the Game Boy pack-in, both here and in Japan. But uh, it was decided near last minute to make it Tetris instead. Yeah, they edged it out. I can't say I blame them, though. No, I think uh, Tetris definitely has more universal appeal. It appeals yeah. to more adults, uh, that businessman on the train that they were always <laughs> going after in the ads. <laughs> and this game, Super Mario Land, was the best-selling Game Boy game of all time. Oh, really? For the whole system? For like, the whole system. All lifetime. And nice. it is also the third highest-selling Mario game of all time. Sweet. Um, Man, really? This thing even was, like, bigger than, like, Pokemon and stuff? Or I think so. Wow. I, I mean, you have I, to I, realize I, it was being sold for, what, how many years was that Game Boy out? Yeah. Oh, no, it's just surprised. I, I believe so it. It was uh, beaten uh, in sales by uh, Mario Kart DS, and then number one of all time is, of course... New Super Mario Brothers mm. for the Wii. Wow. Well, Nick, what kind of game is Super Mario Land? Super Mario Land is a two-dimensional side-scrolling platformer uh, with two uh, added-in kind of shoot-em-up stages. Yeah, hidden hidden along the lines in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it can catch you off guard if you're not expecting it. Definitely. Now, in this game, you are Mario again, and only Mario. Yeah, no Luigi this time. No, you do not have the option. There is not a two-player mode. Yeah, well, I mean, it is on the Game Boy, so... No link cable used or required. (laughs) Yeah. Now, you can jump, just like in Super Mario Bros. 1, but not exactly. Well, yeah, the jump is a little different. And Uh, you're going to hear that phrase a lot in this podcast. (laughs) So many things in this game are so familiar, yet just a little off. It can be a little... uh... You know, it can catch you off guard if you're not, um, if you don't know what you're getting into. No, but you still run to the right with uh, no backtracking. Yes. And uh, you still jump on most of the enemies to kill them. Yeah, uh, you're still collecting coins. Well, you can also uh, still run in your traditional sense by holding down that A button. And then the run jump is always a little longer than mm. your normal jump. Mm-hmm. And as you said, there are a lot of familiar items that return in this game. You'll have the mushroom. It makes its return, and it acts pretty much the same way as it always has. Yeah. Um, Bonus effect, it will make any ship you're in also grow. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Well, it's that extra hit, man. You want it. Definitely. 
There are no one-up mushrooms, though, in this game. No, it's a, it's a heart now. Yeah, so... Which, I mean, is understandable, because there's no colors to differentiate between mushrooms, so... <laughs> you gotta do something. Yeah. And they do reuse that sprite again at the very end, so it's kind of nice. Oh, yeah. But you also have a, a whole new type of power-up in this game. Yeah, it may trick you, and you may believe that it's a fire flower, because it's not. it looks kind of similar, but it's the super ball. Oh, I, I have it referred to as the power flower. Oh, okay. Well, um, it, in the manual, they just call it Super Ball Mario, so I'm not sure if the flower... I didn't see the actual name. I will not dispute that. Now, I do like the fact that he is Super Ball Mario instead yeah. of Super Mario. <laughs> right, right. But uh, the Super Ball power, it's very interesting. Uh, when you are Super Ball Mario, you throw Super Balls, not Fireballs. Yeah. And they do not bounce along the ground. No, they'll actually uh, reflect off the ground at a 90-degree angle. Yeah, and then ricochet off of anything that they bounce into. Unless yeah. it's an enemy, which it will kill. Yeah, um, and they will eventually disappear after a certain amount of time, or if it leaves a screen. Yeah, if it leaves a screen, then it is also uh, defunct as a weapon. Yes. But the coolest thing about the Super Ball, as opposed to the Fire Flower Ball, is that the Super Ball can collect coins. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, Mario Boomerang, like kind of like in Zelda. So you can use it to get to some coins. There are some where it's like, you're like, how would I get this? You have to fall down a pit? And it's like, no. No, you have to use the Super Balls. Now, there is another item that you have seen before, and that is the Star or Starman. Yeah, um, and it will make you invincible, just like previously. I disagree. Better than previously. Well, the music is uh, awesome. It's, you know, like... The can can like yeah, part of it, <laughs> some sort of Frenchish kind of song. But you're right; it's the music that makes this version better. It 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 physically acts the exact same way, but man, this music just makes you want to run. Yeah, uh, and oh, like the like the reverb on it. I don't know the quality of the, like the that music is really awesome. I really like it a lot, and that I remembered from <laughs> before. Well, I can promise you that that's the music that will be bridging us between this segment and the next for sure. Nice. Now, one other thing to talk about is those coins that you mentioned. They are still here, and they act in much the same way. Yes. 100 of them become a free man. Yeah, and I mean, you get them from, uh, you know, there's still question blocks that you can hit, uh, just like in other ones, or collect ones in the air or on the ground. There are a few new things in the game that I think we should talk about real briefly. Okay. Uh, one of those would be the fact that there is a score in this game. Yeah, yeah, there is, and it's actually used. Yes, that it matters for a change. Yeah, for 100,000 points, it'll get you a continue. Yeah, that's pretty handy. Yeah, uh, it's really nice because, um, you know, you, you can get a lot of coins in this game, but the actual one-ups, like, I feel like are not on the level they used to be in other Well, Mario. they're not in the levels, I'll tell you that much. Right, right. And speaking of the free men, there are no flagpoles at the end of any levels. No, you have a neat little, uh, there's two exits, basically, one at the top of the screen and one at the bottom. Little there's, doorways. Yeah, and there's usually some kind of like jumping puzzle or challenge to get up to the top. Correct. And if you get there, you will find a little uh, bonus game. Yeah, and this game, it's what, there's four levels, and yeah. Mario is on the left, and he's going, cycling through those. Mm -hmm. And those levels have a one-up, two-up, three-up, and a power flower on them. Yeah, and there is also a ladder that's cycling through, and you press your button to stop him at one of the spots, and he'll that, just walk over and collect the reward. But it also stops that ladder, so yeah. you may be on the right line to get your three up, but that ladder will move you up or down one to a different one. 
Yeah, and I think uh, this mini game is a lot more forgiving than the one in uh, Mario Brothers Two. Oh yeah, it's definitely a lot more a lot more generous. Once you get better at this game and you really start losing less lives, you can finish this game with a lot a lot of extra lives. Oh yeah, and I mean it's just able to you know Mario Two. I'm just like that's a crapshoot. I'm just taking total chances. But here I could actually I was like, all right, this is slow enough. I can follow and see and, and yeah, actually you, try. You have some control over this mini game, which is it's just very nice. So, Nick, this being a launch game for the GameCube, GameCube, yeah, well. <laughs> this being a launch game for the Game Boy, I'm guessing it had a manual, but how mm-hmm. good of a manual was it? Well, it's decent. Um, it's uh, 18 pages. Um, it's not in color. It is black and white and red. And red? Yeah, it's kind of a weird choice, but it adds a little bit, I guess. Um, yeah, it's got a lot of, um, like, original, I guess, character art. Like, good cartoony-looking stuff. At one point, there's a, a little diagram that uh, looked really familiar to me where it explains, like, you know, getting a mushroom, getting a flower, invincibility, this plus this, you know, moves you on this little track, kind of. Is there an arrow in between each picture of Mario? Yes. yes and This and is very familiar to me, too. I was like, I bet they just used the same artwork from the first Super Mario Brothers. So I went back and checked it out, and it turns out they did not. It's the same design, but all this artwork is new and way better. The original Mar- Super Mario Brothers has a—he looks like uh, deformed in in those pictures. It's pretty rough. Yeah, this is definitely more on model with uh, all the merchandise that we were fed in our early days. Very much so. Now, what about storyline? Do they explain like what this weird world is or any of that? Uh, yeah, it's the uh, the peaceful world of Sarasaland. And it was suddenly invaded by an unknown space monster, Tatanga, hmm. who uh, I guess he came down and hypnotized all the people and kidnapped Princess Daisy to make her marry him. And uh, one of my favorite quotes is that Mario came to know of these events and then just set out to rescue her. Wow. So he just mysteriously came to know of them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe Sarasa Land is near the Mushroom Kingdom. I'm not sure, but whatever it takes, he's got it, so... Now, you said there was an enemies list in this game? Yeah, it shows you, yes, it shows you every enemy in the the game. They all have their own um, artwork and little descriptions. Every single one? Uh, yeah. That's great. Yeah, and uh, they all have really weird names, so I'll sprinkle those in as we go. Wonderful. And there is a little secret techniques section at the end that's got some pretty basic uh, tips, you know, like you can run across the little single space holes, you know, if you get a mm. series of little holes or something. Yeah, yeah, standard Mario stuff. But it does, that's where it tells you that 100,000 points will get you a continue. I had actually forgotten about that, and then I got one, and then I was confused. I didn't under, I mean, I went, had to use a continue, so I did, and then later, you know, I was like, how did I get this? I don't remember, you know, <laughs> and then, so the manual backed it up. And that's about it, so, yeah. Any uh, memo, notes, score no, section? No, no, no. And this one even has a score. Yeah, yeah, but not not in the manual. Sorry, guys. Oh, well. So, Nick, what was your personal history with this game? Well, um, I definitely played it. I remember, I have several memories of playing it, but I don't think I beat it, and I didn't own it. So it was borrowed from somebody at some point on my brother's Game Boy. Now, this was not one of my first Game Boy games. I did not get it in that uh, 1989 Christmas rush. But I did own this game, and I'm still trying to remember how I got it. 
Now, I'm pretty sure this is one of those situations where I had uh, traded or borrowed a game, and then the borrower or borrowee moves away. Ah, and you inherited it. And I did. It, it stayed with me. I have no clue what game I lost, if I had lost <laughs> any game. But this was a, a worthwhile addition to my collection. Sure, yeah. I played a lot of this game. It was the perfect length for car trips to Mammals or other, uh, mm-hmm. you know, long car rides. It's one you could play and beat, no sweat. Yeah, yeah. And yes, I did beat it many, many times during my childhood. So what was your more recent experience with this game, Nick? Um, I played this game, I beat it in about uh, two sittings. Um, the first one I got to World 3-2, I think, and that's about where it, it kind of difficulty spikes a bit. So. Oh, yeah. And I, that's where I got frustrated and, and kind of quit. Came back a day later and took it down. Well, I played this game about four or five times. Um, I played it all on my Game Boy Pocket. Nice. So OG hardware. And I was not as good as I had remembered. I really thought I was going to breeze, <laughs> breeze through this thing. But, uh, you know, I did hit that, that three World 3 wall a couple times. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, another thing about it is like once you get to that point, it's like I when I realized, I was like, okay, this is where it's getting hard. And I'm like, I really, I had to go back and, you know, get ready to get there with a lot of lives. Hopefully at least one continue. Yeah, definitely. And I played this game a lot in a lot of random places, uh, you know, out and about. And I really, really missed having that, uh, sleep feature that has become synonymous with portable uh, systems. Many, many a time I had it on pause just floating in my pocket. And yeah. It just felt wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but I did uh, eventually remember everything that I needed. I got my groove back and I did beat this game uh, twice. So. Nice. Well, Nick, here we are in our general chat portion of the podcast. I'd like to start by saying if you thought Mario 2 was the weird Mario, well, play this one. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, bit of a departure there. It is so close to the first one, but yet so different, just barely. And it's not different in a bad way. It's still very charming. Yeah, it's uh, n- nothing they changed is really for the worse. It's just different. Yeah, I mean, you're not in the Mushroom Kingdom anymore. So therefore, they take um, great license with that and, and introduce a lot of new enemies. A lot of, yeah tons of new enemies that really don't come back that I, I don't know if they've reappeared in any of the Mario games I've played. Not, not that I know of. You still have your standard Mario tropes of breaking blocks with your fist. Uh, there are pipes you can go down, but then there's just all these other little things like in the pipes, they're more of a puzzle than a yeah. straightforward coin collection. Yeah. You don't like, there's uh, quite a few different uh, coin rooms that you will encounter uh, or bonus rooms, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. They're definitely more puzzly. Yeah. And, one thing, too, I really like about this uh, game that not a lot of uh, Game Boy adaptations of NES titles, so to speak, or, or sequels thereof, like, they really shrunk down the sprites, which is a very important because otherwise your screen is tiny. Yeah, I was going to say the look of this game is really interesting, and it's odd to see the Mario characters and enemies, you know, brought down to their most basic. Like, what is the fewest blocks you could use to make a Goomba? Yeah, yeah. No, I like that a lot, and it's interesting to see Mario and his friends in these new, weird landscapes as well. But I do see what you're saying. Um, They did a great job of shrinking everything down to size, except for a few weird enemies that just look like they're in a different game. Right, the bigger ones? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the sprites just seem to be a little too large. But, um, you know, for me, this game is all about the music. Oh, yeah. um, I 
had forgotten about it with the exception of the star music. I remembered that from, you know, always liking it as a, as a kid, but then going back, I was like, this is loaded man with hits. Yeah. They're all really good, but the music in the Amuda kingdom is, it's just amazing. I mean, it is, it has worked its way onto my normal playlist of music. at it, this point. It, it caught me off guard. It is really good. Yeah. I, I can't even begin to say how great this music is, but then again, I knew I used to love it because, uh, you know, I used to listen to almost all my Game Boy games on headphones. Yeah. Yeah. Me or too. Actually earbuds. I, yeah. I totally, uh, bought into that hype of, you know, it being a stereo system Yeah, and it, you know, it blocked out any of the uh, music my mom would be listening to on yeah. the uh, radio in the car. So yeah, man, Game Boy was the first time I ever saw earbuds too. I'd never even seen them before. I always just, it was headphones or, you know. Well, my dad was an early adopter of the earbud uh, as a avid motorcyclist. Uh, uh. Now, other cyclists, I know it is not safe to cycle with uh, your hearing blocked. <laughs> but, you know, it was the 80s. And uh, my dad always had a Walkman. And he always had a pair of earbuds and a splitter with a second pair for me. Oh, nice. So I always had my earbuds and I was always ready to jam out to uh, anything on the Game Boy. Now, did you notice a weirdness in the kind of play control? Because, like, the way you carry your momentum and stuff, like... Yeah, it... it's the momentum. And, and that is the exact word I was going to to respond to you with. And, yeah, there's a short stop. It, it's a weird, like... And, you, I don't know, I kept, like, falling off. Certain things, I'm like, this shouldn't be hard. I don't even think they intended this to be hard. But it's, like, it, it's tough to stop. Uh, it reminds me of Kid Icarus, possibly for I obvious reasons. I can see that. Now, to me, I felt like you did not slide as much as normal Mario. And therefore, I felt like I overcompensated a lot. It's, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a weird thing where you, you control a little different, but all the graphics, you know, this is all Mario imagery, so I want to control it like Mario, but yeah. it's just like your landings and your movement is just slightly off. So it kept messing with me. No, definitely. It's one of those things where I said, you know, it looks just like what you're expecting, but there's just that little bit that yeah. feels weird. Yeah. All right, Nick, I think it's time we take this game level by level. Agreed. And there's not a ton of levels in this game. No, it's, uh, what do you got, four worlds, three levels apiece, so 12. Which, you know, may not sound like a lot, but for a portable game with uh, no save file, that is <laughs> quite a bit. You start off in uh, Birabuto. Yeah, the, the Birabuto Kingdom, um... And this is like a deserty level. You got some uh, palm trees and pyramids in the background. Well, at the very beginning, it starts very similar to Mario 1. Yes. You may think you're in a Mushroom Kingdom-like level until you scroll past that second chunk of screen. The first uh, first level has a lot of similar layouts. Like, if you go in the first uh, pipe to bonus mm -hmm. room, it has, like, I think it's the first one you see in Mario 1. You know, it's the same layout. True, but like you said, when you get a little further in, you see palm trees and pyramids, and that lets you know you are not in the Mushroom Kingdom anymore. Yes, and uh, while you do see uh, what look like Goombas, they are actually Chibibos. Oh, I was going to say, hey, Goombas are here. Yeah, and those turtles, that are that's another thing that might trick you, where they're, the Nokoban is what they're called, and you jump on them like you would a Koopa, but instead of revealing a shell that you can kick, it's a bomb. Yeah, and that bomb is on a timer, and it will blow up and hurt you. Yeah, so you got to get out of there. Correct. So it's quite a little trick. Um, in my notes, I had them referred to as uh, bombshell Koopas. So I don't know if that's how they are referred to in some 
data? Uh, maybe. I just went off the ones as they're listed in the manual. I guess that's probably the most accurate. And we do see um, an old friend from not even Super Mario Brothers, but the original Mario Brothers. The Fly. Yeah. Do you, do you know what his name is in the manual? No. It's Fly. That's great. <laughs> now, The Fly uh, is a little gross-faced. Yeah. I don't like his grimace. No, he's weird. And uh, this is one of those few sprites that they, it looks a little too big. Yeah, some of them are larger, yeah. It doesn't match quite as well. And it's just their jumping thing. It's annoying. But, you know, this level is uh, up on a lot of platforms, very reminiscent of the mushrooms uh, in the Magic Kingdom. Yes, yes, very much. Now, one, two, more of the same, uh, except for that you are introduced to the bees, some sort yeah. of killer bee. Yeah, the, uh, or the, with the spears. Sure. Those are the bun-buns. Yeah, and they, I guess it's a spear, I thought it was an arrow, they throw a spear straight down uh, as they pass overhead. Right, I usually... If you can superball them before they even get close, uh, but if you have it. Or, you know, a good jump on their back will yeah, also yeah. take them out. I do think that this level um, is all another throws back uh, similarities to Super Mario Brothers 1, like the World 1-3 where you're up on the big mushroom things. Like this has a very similar, you know, it's easing you in. Yeah, and uh, at the very end of this one, to get to its bonus stage, it introduces you to the falling blocks for the first time. Oh, in this yeah, one. yeah. Your classic video game block you stand on, it will fall after a half a second or so. Yes. Now, one of the things that I really like about this game is you think, okay, level one, level two, pretty similar. Level three will be similar as well. Right. But it's not. No, no. Now you're actually inside one of the pyramids. Yeah, and uh, it looks great. Like, I love, like, there's some hieroglyphs on the back. Yeah. You know, in the background. And just everything about it just really makes you feel like you have moved into the pyramid now. Yeah, and the, the music has a very kind of, like, stereotypical ancient Egyptian feel. Like, like it's uh, very uh, on point. Yeah, and, you know, if you had uh, been missing some more enemies from the Mario franchise... You're going to find piranha plants in here. Or, or pacoon plants. I was going to say, they probably have some crazy new name. But they do look different. They, they're more yeah. uh, more plant-like, more realistic looking. Yeah, they don't have like cartoon lips or anything. No, no, not at all. And uh, there's some, you know, falling blocks or, you know, platforms in here you yeah. got to watch out for. But this level's not rough. So this is also the first level where you'll see these, uh, I call them elevators. They're like oh. a... Yeah, the little tiny blocks. Yeah, it's like they're usually hidden, and you hit it, it has like a little pattern to it. But if you jump on top, it'll just like move you up to the above the screen, actually, here. Mm -hmm. You can run across the top. You may have noticed hidden coins up there. But those are, you know, there's, I think, one, maybe two in this level. But you'll see those more in other, especially the underground levels. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, the rest of this dungeon or level three, Yeah. not too rough. They're still taking it easy on you. Yep. And then um, one of the things I really like is that there's like a little tiny sphinx that you may think is the boss. Right. Well, those are known as gals. Well, there's only one of them in the whole level, isn't yeah, there? I, I think one. Right yeah. before the real boss. Yeah. And he's on like a little bridge. It kind of looks like. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it's like a little fake out. You beat him. You're like, was that it? But it wasn't it because then you have the real boss. And uh, this boss is King what? Totomesu. King Totomesu. That's, well. I guess. i try it. Or the sphinx. Because he is a, just a sphinx. Yeah, he um, kind of jumps up. He shoots fire at you. Very reminiscent of Bowser at the end of World 1-4 or any of the, you know, in Mario Brothers 1. Yeah, this whole uh, screen is because he's got a bridge underneath him. And if you can get past him, there is a key and that key will destroy him. Yeah, although you don't get points, do you? 
Because if you kill him, he only takes five super balls. He gives you like five thousand points or something. I don't. I I don't remember. I tried to go kill them all with super balls, mm-hmm. but but some I didn't, and I didn't really pay attention. So. I did not pay attention to the points when I killed them either. Yeah. But you know, this guy, like you said, five hits or just jump over, take the hit and run through. Yeah. Either way, not hard, and you have saved Princess Daisy. Or have you? No, but she is not in another castle. This isn't Princess Daisy at all. No, it's a disguised enemy. Yes, and in this level, it is a fly. A disgusting fly. She turns into a fly and hops away. <laughs> poor, poor Mario. But hey, no time to cry over that gross fly. Because <laughs> you got to move on to level two, the Muda Kingdom. Yes, uh, with with great tunes. We, we said it before and I say it again. I love it. Yeah, and then right off the bat, there's a UFO. And For, yeah, why? I don't know. You know, you think this is going to be a space level. Yeah. But, you know, it's not. And uh yeah, there's like water along the bottom. Uh, no, this is the bridge. most mushroom kingdom looking of all the levels. So right away, you are greeted with some uh dead fish or horns, which is bizarre. Yeah. And then jumping seahorses out of the water. Yeah, which are Yoraran boos. And uh, they're your standard jumping and shooting a fireball at you before we return to mm-hmm. the void under the screen. Yes. Enemy. There needs to be like a, a name for that one type of enemy. That's yeah. In literally every game. It's ever. a, it is a common trope. We'll come up with one. Or, you know, Cartridge Commandos, if you've got a great name for that, email us. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Um, so dead fish, seahorses, you know, and then my notes, I'm like, is this water themed? What's the point? I don't understand. You right. know, and then that level, pretty standard. Yeah. You roll into level two, two. Yes. And, uh, this is again, is water, more UFOs. Well, right off the bat, is that an alien? Is that a robot? You're fighting this guy right away. Oh yes. Mechabon. Mechabon. He takes his head off and it flies around. Yeah. It is a robot. It says so in, in the book. Okay, cool. It's a really cute robot. I like the guy a lot. Yeah, he's a cool one of my favorite enemies here. It's kind of cool. There is a part where you have a little split path in the middle of the level, mm-hmm. briefly, where you can, you know, if you're small, you can go one way, or if you're big, you go the other. Yeah, and you have to be small to get to the bottom portion of that area. Sure. Now, there are some tough jumps towards the end of the level. You know, um, mm-hmm. some bigger jumps, some some big gaps, and some moving platforms. Yeah, yeah. But this is still in the introductory phase. They're they're still easing you into the concepts that you're going to need for the final few levels of this game. Right. And then you are in level 2-3. It's submarine time. Yeah. Um. The, the manual lists your submarine as the marine pop. Okay. Well, you know what? And uh, I guess the water theme now makes sense. Yeah. You're uh, you're in one of the two uh, shoot-em-up levels, uh, but there are UFOs underwater as well. Yeah, now, this is a full-on side-scrolling. Shoot them up. You control a little submarine. You can move it in any portion of the screen you want. Yeah. And you have unlimited ammo to fire from this submarine. Yeah, fire torpedoes. And you fire those torpedoes into blocks to find your power-ups. Yeah, you break them, um, you know, they just look like the normal bricks. There are some new fish and new seahorses to fight. Um, they look very similar to the other ones you've encountered, but now they are more mobile. They move around the screen in addition to just jumping up. Yeah, those little fish are called Torions, and they seem to come in groups of three. Yeah, and they'll turn around at the edge of the screen and shoot back at you. Yeah, little jerks. 
And uh, what about those new seahorses, Nick? Do oh, they have well, a special name? They're they're just the same. They're Urarans. There's Uraran and Uraran boos, and the boo ones shoot are the ones that shoot at you. The other ones just move, I guess. Oh. But there are also some octopuses down here that are known as goonions. Yeah, and uh, avoid them. You don't need to engage. Yeah, if you don't shoot them, then you don't have to worry about like they, they don't do a thing. Yeah, they don't come after you or anything. But if you do shoot them, they explode. Yeah. And they shoot two little fireballs at you. Not worth it. Totally not worth it. It's a trap. Now, this is a really fun level, but, you know, all fun things must come to an end. And at the end of this level, you have a nice big boss. Yeah, the Dragon Zamasu. And I wrote down Big Seahorse. Yeah, he's just a giant one of those guys, pretty much. Although there is this orbish thing floating around that is known as the Tamau and is named or is listed as an indestructible life form in the uh, manual. Oh, well, I didn't try to destruct it. Uh, the seahorse himself, he sits on the back wall of the screen, moves up and down, and shoots fireballs at you. Yep. Not too hard. No, he takes about 20 torpedoes to kill. You or... don't even have to torpedo him. No, yeah, there's a little path down underneath. You have to break a row of blocks, mm -hmm. and then there is another one of those keys. But I always like uh, fighting him just to hear the awesomest sound ever. You mean this sound, Nick? That's the one, man. <laughs> I remember that so much from being like laughing when I heard it again. Like it really took me back because I was like, that's one of my favorite sounds ever. It is. It really conveys, you know, ouch <laughs> from that goofy seahorse. Yes. Well, if you can destroy that goofy sounding seahorse, you'll move on to level three, the Easton Kingdom, a.k.a. Easter Island. Yeah, appropriately named. You see a lot of, you know, Moe, Moai statues in the background. So what is the deal with uh, Moai statues in old video games? I don't know, man. They love them. Yeah, I really want to find uh, some sort of paper about this. Or, I, you know, I don't have the time to get to the bottom of it myself. <laughs> but boy, I would love to find out. And it's one for the ages. Now, level three is where the difficulty really starts to kick in. It does. Now, I won't lie, I pretty much uh, raged through like six lives in the <laughs> first level. In 3-1? Yeah, because uh, when you die, what we forgot to mention is that there are checkpoints in this game. There's actually, uh, it's pretty damn generous with them, like there's a lot of them. Yeah, but I was just at this one where I was not being patient and I kept jumping out of a zone that I should have really taken uh. my time to leave and man, I just... just wasted life after uh, life any, after life anytime i would start to get mad and trying to, to speed through something we're like all right and, you know it almost always ended in death yeah that's that is exactly what i was going through there but yeah this level introduces some new you have those winged moai hopping guys known mm -hmm. as batadons you have a running moai yeah the toko toko and uh just some straight up boulders yeah or ganchan Oh, they even get a special name. Yeah, yeah, they do. And even the cannons and the bullet bills are, you know, the bullet bills are known as giras now. That's really weird. But I do think the bullets in this one are extra badass looking. Yeah. They're more like missiles because they have that fire coming off the back of them. Yeah, yeah. Now, the downside is, is that when you jump on them, they fall, the fire's still there, and that looks kind of goofy. Oh, okay. I didn't jump on too many of them. I was trying to hide because, and now, you know, unlike previous uh, on Mario Brothers 1, the... The cannons can come up in and out of the pipes. Oh, yeah. I guess they did not do that in the first one. So that can lead to some weird uh, placements. Definitely. Uh, I did like the fact that towards the end of this level, you have to ride a boulder. I thought that was cool. Yeah, there's a couple of those little, yeah, the boulder little, little, section. A little similar to Mario 2. Yeah, you're hopping over, like, uh, spikes. 
Indeed. And, um, you know, at the end of that, you got another bonus level, and you're going to roll right on to World 3-2. This is the one I had as the hardest. This is where I gave up the first time I was playing through. Well, now you are in a cave. Yeah, you got some waterfalls in the background as well. Yeah, and of course, uh, since you're in a cave, you're going to deal with the classic falling from the ceiling, old school video game spiders. Yes, they are Sue. S-U-U. I don't now, know how you pronounce that. Luckily, these ones do not throw webs at you. No, they're actually not bad. You just jump on them. Easy. Now, there are jumping spiders that come across the level. Yeah. A little more of a pain in the butt. Those are Kumo. Okay. But this one, this is just where there's certain areas, there's like three, maybe two, like really tricky jumps where they're like, they're so thin and I don't feel like I can actually make it. It's like you kind of got to weave or, or there'll be like one platform with one of those turtles on it. Yeah. It's like you can bounce off of it on accident or the bomb will get you. Like I died so many times and, and those are the memorable ones. Like how many times did I die doing simple jumps? Oh, so frustrating. Yeah. I definitely noticed in these levels, um, it's where I started losing men in the chunks where I do something stupid and then repeat that stupid mistake almost immediately. And these levels are a lot longer than the first ones too. They start to stretch out a bit. Oh, definitely. And also in this cave, uh, the falling blocks or platforms have been replaced by spikes. Oh, yeah, yeah. They act pretty much the same way. And they're, they're pretty slow as far as falling spikes go. Yeah, you have plenty games. of time to avoid them. No, no sweat at all. All right, next up, World 3-3. Three, three. And uh, you are outside in platform land. Yeah, kind of in an elevated looking area. I've I always thought you have like uh, these Moai totem poles back there mm-hmm. looking stuff. Yeah, and this level uh, really introduces some devilish platforming. Yeah, there's lots of moving platforms and stuff. There's some jumps that, you know, are all about timing and patience. And there's one, like, at the end where you start to enter, like, a temple-ish area. Mm-hmm. Where you have, like, there's two moving platforms at the bottom, and you have to jump and kind of snake your way around these platforms. Like, it, that that's pretty tricky. Yeah, that is one point at which I realized that maybe going on the Game Boy Pocket was not as good an idea as uh, an original <laughs> Game Boy because the controlling area is smaller. Oh, okay, yeah. I got big hands. So yeah, yeah. Towards that was that that was one of the other challenges was that you know this was a marathon playthrough, mm-hmm. uh, and towards the end I was definitely getting some of that Game Boy hand cramp, yeah, cramping up, and the neck. Oh yeah, yeah. I was not using I was using the pocket, so there's no backlight in that one either. So Oof. I I had it angled at one of my overhead lights, and you know towards the end there it was really starting to give me the old crick, <laughs> old crick in the neck. Oh yeah. But, hey, you get over that crick in the neck. You make it. You roll through this final level in World 3. Yeah, and you'll be confronted with the boss. he oi hoy <laughs> Better you say it than me. And this is a Moai with arms and legs. Yeah, it says he evolved from a Toko Toko. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I guess, you know, they're moving on up. See, I would have thought it was the other way. That, that the other ones were just a one of these guys with the arms and legs removed. Yeah, I, well, that's... The world works in mysterious <laughs> ways. That's all I know. Yeah, but he throws those, like, boulders or ganchans at you. Yeah, yeah. Can you defeat this guy with uh, super balls? Um, you can defeat him with 10 super balls, but I did not because I could not... I was like, I'm not dodging anything. I'm just flying through him. Screw this. I was like, I'm getting this over as fast as possible because I don't ever want to play any of these levels again because they were... Well, I don't mean that strong, but uh, they were so hard. Now, the cool part is is that you can jump on those boulders, and what you're supposed to do is jump across the boulders over this guy. And then go down or... Then go down past him to the key. That is how I also did it. Gotcha. 
you know, there's so many boulders flying that it's really hard to get the shots in with that Super Bowl. I was so sad when I got to level 3-3 three, because three, I was really hoping for another shoot 'em up stage because it was pretty easy. But it was and like, pretty oh. fun. Yeah, yeah. But no, you you just heard mono e mono with one human-sized... Hiyoihoi. Hiyoihoi. <laughs> Anyways. Hiyo. You defeat the Hiyoihoi and you move on to level four, the Chai Kingdom. Yes, uh, it's uh, you have a bamboo forest, very Chinesey music. Yeah, you are somewhere in uh, China or Japan. It's it's very hard to say, but uh, you know it's really nice. I really enjoy the backgrounds. It's like kind of a bamboo forest look to it. Yeah, and you have like a border, that, the pattern. That's pretty it's sweet. really cool. And then right off the bat, you encounter one of the things that confused me the most as a child in the eighties playing foreign video games the jumping vampires and that is the hopping vampires yeah these guys are named p on p Mm -hmm. in the books for what it's worth although i had always like when i saw these i was like these are just uh like kung fu girls or something I, i always just thought of them as that well i didn't know what to think of them and i always noticed in a lot of games from japan they had these bizarrely hopping characters with their arms you know straight out Right, right. As if you were sleepwalking. And it, I never knew what any of this was. I yeah. just knew it was weird. Yeah. But then, as I got older and uh, really got into Japanese cinema and Asian cinema, I realized that this is a long-standing tradition. I mean, yeah. by long-standing, I mean, I think thousands of years. Oh, sure. And um, in Japan, they are known as kyonshi. Okay. And what they are is a hopping vampire. And... That is a deceased person that was brought back to life either by evil magic or sometimes they had an unfinished life or evil deed they had done. Mm -hmm. But unlike American vampires, they do not drink blood. They feed on your chi. Okay. And once they have drained you of all of your chi and they have a certain amount of chi, they will kind of come back to life more powerful. Now, when they attack you, they can drain you to the point at which point you two will then become a hopping vampire. Gotcha. But if you see in any of these old games a stiffed-armed creature that is hopping, it is most likely one of these hopping vampires. Yeah, like, I think we talked about it a bit. We saw them in Vice Project Doom. Yes, we did. So, they get around. Now, in addition to these hopping vampires and this wonderful bamboo backgrounds, you're going to find a lot more bullet bills. Yeah, and those uh, pakun plants, man. There's lots of uh, tubes and plants. Those three things will just overwhelm you throughout this first uh, part of level four. Yeah, but I mean, all things said, I honestly, like, not just 4-1, but level, world four seemed a lot easier than the third world to me. Like Easier but longer. The levels are, yeah, but the levels are not as long as the third ones. If you look at the maps, like... Really? Yeah, yeah, that's where I was like, what the... So you make it past those waves of hopping vampires, and you find yourself in level four two. Yeah, we get we get some new um, background brick sprites, and you're near the mountains. You see these beautiful mountains in the background. Yeah, it's kind of cool because it's like about halfway through, it's like you're in a fortress now, kind of. You know, the the backgrounds change. You have these like dark black, large brick things you're jumping on. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, what are those flowers that sh- spit fireballs at you? Oh well, the ones that walk. Yeah. Yeah, those are known as pom-pom flowers. Well, those, those appear in this level, and boy, do I hate them. Yeah, there's, this is the only level, I think, with them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they walk around, and uh, you'll also see the Nihololan, which are those fire-breathing snakes. Okay, now, 
let's go back to that that plant. Yeah. I want to say this plant I think is a relative of PD Piranha. Oh, okay, right. He's got the spike ball that goes up, or and he walks. So he's got the yeah. legs and the arms. Mm. So that's something to think about. Two, this snake is in the wrong game. <laughs> its sprite does not look like anything else in okay. this game at all. It's a weird, yeah, and it's big too. Kind of, it's like... real big and real cartoony looking with like big soft eyes, and it's real cute, but it just looks so out of place. It's not even funny. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. Uh, regardless, I don't know. Does it attack? Because I just no, took it out right away. They'll shoot fireballs, but you can just uh, jump on their heads. And... Yeah, I ran, jumped right on that thing's head. And we do also see these little. Um, blocks with the orbs that rotate around them. Yeah, the fireballs, man. They're back. The rotating yeah. fireballs. It's, you know, I would have liked to see them a little earlier in the game, but hey, I'm, I'm glad they're here. They make me feel good. If you can make it past all those fireballs and you do kill that goofy-looking snake, you will be in level 4-3. Yeah, um, you hop in your sky pop and... <laughs> Yes, because this is the final level of the game, and you are flying in it. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. Like I like Mario's little like flying cap. He's got a cap on. Your plane's like a little prop plane. Yeah, it's so awesome. I, yeah, I like it a lot. And the other thing is that I think these are all new enemies in this level. Yeah, you fight. Uh, there's some other planes it's called the uh, Rocketons. Some chickens. Yeah, um, that's actually what they're named. I was okay. like, they're birds, but I was like, I wonder what their name is, and it's just chicken. Cool. <laughs> uh, there's these large, um, spiky electrical things in the air. Mm-hmm. You can blow them up, though. That's cool. Yeah, I usually just avoid them, but if I remember right. No, I destroy them all. Oh. And, and in retrospect, you know, you get those points. No, it's true. Not that you need it in this level. But, but by this point, hopefully you're all right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, this is a pretty standard side-scrolling shooting level. Until you get to those little mini mazes towards the end. Yeah, you got to be sure that, you know, where it kind of, there'll be these bends and twists in the in your little path. But since it's auto-scrolling, you have to be really fast about getting up and getting back down. Yeah, you want to be in the front half of the screen when these come around or else you could be in trouble. And, you know, other shoot-em-ups may make you expect attacks coming at you a lot, but it's not that aggressive. No. Um, but then up next, you come across, um, well... One of the most confusing and unfortunately named things in this series. What's that? That would be the pipe fist. Yeah. They're just a, a weird thing that for one part of one level, they're like, nope, no plants here. We want fists coming it, out of a pipe. There are two of them. Only two of them in this <laughs> entire game. And they are right next to each other. Yeah. Why weren't they just flowers? I don't... I have no clue. <laughs> it is so weird. Yeah, it's we- it is weird. And it it took me so off guard when I saw those fists emerge yeah, from like, the pipe. What? Like, what does this mean? Are they going to throw something? Are they going to grab me? And it's like, like nope. maybe it's a psychological trick to just kind of like take you out of your headspace right before that final boss. I, I guess. I think it is. And you know what? It's for me. It works. All right. Well, inside your head. If you can uh, snake past the pipe fist. Then um, you are at the boss. Yeah, the Biokenton. And this is the lamest boss ever. Yeah. I was so disappointed <laughs> when I got here. I had pretty much entirely forgotten of his existence. I like him because it says um, in the manual that because of shyness, he hides in a cloud. Okay, well, I just thought he was a cloud. Yeah, well, no one's ever seen him because he's so shy. Okay, well, it's basically you're fighting a big cloud. A medium-sized cloud. It's not even that big. No, it's not, really. And is it shoot those birds at you? Is that what it does? Yeah, it shoots the little birds. It's not too terribly tough. Now, this thing is like the easiest boss you've encountered so far. 
You just blast yeah. away at it, and it is gone. It takes 20 missiles. Ooh. But you're, it's, that doesn't mean much. No, but luckily, that was not the end of the game. Because now, you have to fight the real final boss. Yes, Tatanga. Tatanga, the man from another from outer space? Yeah, or he's a Tatanga is the unknown space monster. Correct. And he is in a spaceship. So that's pretty uh, cool. It's actually a war robot called Pagosu. I'm sorry. He was in a war robot, and that's really cool. Um <laughs> He's on the cover too of the of the box art. You yeah. can see it's a it's a pretty decent looking mech, really. Yeah, it's cool looking in the game, and it is it does um offer some resistance. It shoots out like a giant ball yeah. and then after it comes out a little ways, it splits into three balls that now go across the screen. Yeah, they charge at you. Um, he's uh, He moves fast enough to make it kind of tough. But yeah, and not... those balls block your missiles. So therefore, you know, you aren't getting in as many hits on this boss as you would any of the other ones. Yeah, um, the thing that threw me off fighting him is that he doesn't make that awesome sound. When you hit him, he makes a different little explosion. So not this sound. <laughs> No, that that's the one. I wish he did, but it, there's another little, like, more subtle explosion where I, I was like, am I hitting him? Is anything getting past? Cause... Well, my problem is I played, and I'm not going to lie, most of this game with the sound off. Oh. Because I was playing in public or, like, outside of a changing room or waiting for <laughs> a kid to get out of school. You know, not always the best place to be pumping those uh, Mario sounds. <laughs> yeah. Especially not this one. You don't want to hear that coming out of a changing room? No. No, you don't. Well, I was outside. I was in the uh, man chair. Oh, know, right, the, right. The waiting zone. But yeah, this guy, he takes, uh, I don't know how many hits, but a I, lot. Yeah, I didn't write it down. I want to say 25. Maybe it's more, but uh, it's really just a lot more about getting your bullets past his. You know, you're playing the dodging game. Yes. Yeah, you just need to stay on that uh, left side and keep out of harm's way and just spam your fire button. You'll get him eventually. You will. And once you do... You are finally reunited with the real Daisy. Yeah. And the two of you walk off to, uh, is that that guy, Tatanga's ship? I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's some sort of little spaceship. Well, you get in it, and both of you fly away over the credits. Yeah, with another um, awesome track, some really good uh, ending music here. And these are some legit credits. It's everyone's first initial and their true last name. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe it. You can get there. It'll tell you the end and restart, but you'll actually have accessed a hard mode now, uh, which will have more enemies, more challenges. I didn't really explore it, but I mean, it's there if you really want it. But the thing that sucks is like on the Game Boy, it's not saving that. No, once you've uh, turned it off, you've lost your <laughs> so new Game Plus. If you want to play the hard mode, you have to go through the whole game first. Like, ugh, that's just brutal. Yeah, you may spend a whole 35 or 40 minutes doing so. <laughs> yeah. All right, Nick, we are now in our review portion of the show. And as always, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review System across four categories, with each category having a possible score from 0 to 5. Starting with graphics and sound. Well, Nick, I gave this game a 3.0. Okay, I actually gave it a 3.5. I was on the fence. Uh... I said this was very good for a launch, and, you know, I, I think I may have screwed myself, because I thought this was a good approximation of Mario and what they could do at the beginning of the system, mm -hmm. until I played the sequels. Oh, right. You know, having played uh, Mario Land 2 and 3, and seeing what they could do, and how they really could max that sprite out. Okay. 
you know, it's bigger. It's a thing you're not going to like as much, but, you know, it, it kind of uh, soiled my opinion of this first one. I gotcha. I mean, most of those points are musically uh, oriented mm -hmm. for me, but uh, I just I wanted to give them a special shout out for, you know, shrinking the guy down a little. It doesn't have to be super tiny, like, you know, necessarily, but just as long as the you have enough, like, active play space on the screen. Now, like, you definitely have the play space you need, and more importantly, it retains every aspect of the characters that it needs to. You can see that that is exactly Mario. You yeah. know that's a Goomba, that's a Koopa. You know, no problem. You know, like, uh, on Game Boy, the Batman was really good about that, too. Having a nice, tight little sprite so mm -hmm. that you have more room to, to play around. Definitely. But, as you said, it is all about the music here. I could listen to most of these tracks all day. Yeah, I mean... Maybe not the one in, uh, the... Ch Chaya? Chia Land? Or Chai, yeah. <laughs> it's a little too hokey, you know, kind of yeah. stereotypical yeah. Asian music, but man, uh, all I gotta say is, hopefully it's playing right now, but if it's not, I'm definitely gonna be ending the show with it. Uh, World 3, The Muda Kingdom. Yeah. It is just where it's at. It keeps singing the praises. Alright, probably not as high a score, Nick. What did you give this game for play control? Um, I gave it a 2.0. I gave it a 2.5. Okay. I mean, it, it, it's not bad. It's just there's that little bit of slidiness and momentum reminding me of Kid Icarus, and it just feels weird because I'm like, I feel like I'm playing Mario with Kid Icarus. Well, it's kind of like playing a weird bootleg Mario. Yeah, and I mean, it, again, it, it's not crippling. Uh, it just... Um, it's just tough to remember because for the most part, most of the time, you're like, it's Mario. But then there's certain areas where that's when it'll come come it's, to the front and you're like, oh, I forgot. I have to account for the sliding. Yeah, we're almost on the same page there. I put, you know, it's a little weird, but good for Game Boy. I mean, there was yeah. another game that had this kind of speed, especially at that time frame. And I mean, if you think about like a Turtles, you know, that was a slow Oh, yeah. Um, slow game. Follow the Foot Clan. Exactly. Uh, it's just that, like you said, the momentum is kind of off. And when you're looking at sprites you recognize, but the movement doesn't match up, it's just a little weird. Yeah. Well, our next category is the challenge factor. Yes. And I also gave this category a 2.5. Okay, I give it a 3.0. All right, pretty close. Yeah. Um, I said it's easy at first, but definitely becomes very challenging. Uh, the reason I did not give it a higher score is because there are many ways to get extra lives. Yes, there are. And you can get a ton of them if you um, you know, luck out or get good at that system. Well, the second time in my second playthrough, I had over 20 men when I got to World 3-1. Right. So, and, and in addition, they have a ton of checkpoints. Yes. And then on top of that, there is the bonus continues for high score or scores over 100,000. Yeah. So therefore, it did give it a, a little bit lower of a challenge rating than some of the other games we I played. just thought that Worlds 3.1 and 3.2 were, were super frustrating because it felt like the level design like briefly oversteps what you the controls a little bit where it asks you to do these things where it's like they are possible but it's a it demands a little more than just about anywhere else like i felt like the difficulty went down after level three two i can definitely see that finally we have theme and fun i gave this game a 4.5 okay um i gave it a 3.5 um i liked it a lot i think it's it's like bite-sized mario man yeah, I mean, I think I played this game a lot more as a child, so therefore my nostalgia goggles perhaps uh, 
rode my review score up a little bit. I can, well, I but, think it's fine. Yeah. You know, just so much of this game puts a smile on my face. It's a game you can sit down and play for half an hour, maybe even beat it. But yeah. you're going to get somewhere and you're going to have all those Mario feels you want. Yeah. And uh, if you don't smile when you hear that music, <laughs> you are dead inside. Yeah. So, Nick, should you play this game? Yes, you should. I said, yeah, for sure. Uh, this is such a fun and simple Mario game that I think it actually holds up better than Mario 1. I would agree to that, yeah, definitely, because it's not as... Level 1, or I mean, Mario... Super Mario Brothers 1 is pretty, like, brutal in certain ways. That yeah. This game is, like, cuter and a little more fun, easy. And if you have any little ones in your house, this is definitely a game I would recommend starting them on. Um, both of my children started with the Game Boy, and this is one of those games that, you know, at a very young age, they can actually get somewhere and really enjoy it and, and have a sense of accomplishment as well. Yeah, and I mean, it's not a huge time investment either. It's not that long, so you're not like, well, it's going to take me days to figure everything out. You know, you, you can figure out what you're supposed to do pretty quickly. You can, and you should. Next week's game will be Chippendale's Rescue Rangers for the Nintendo Entertainment System. So, find a copy any way you can, grab a controller, and play along, friends. Remember, folks, if there's anything we missed or stuff we got wrong, just let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com, and we'll talk about it in the future. Yes, we will. That is a promise. But, you know, we would really appreciate it if you could follow us on Facebook at Cartridge Command. Follow us on Twitter at Cart Command. You can subscribe to the show on any podcast app you'd like. And as we always ask, please tell a friend. You know, that's the way that more people will find out about this show because, well, honestly, we have no idea how to get anyone else to listen besides yeah. telling other people. Yeah, tell your friends or your enemies. You know what? Yeah. Maybe, maybe you can turn an enemy into a friend over Cartridge Command. Or if not, you know, at least you'll know what your enemy is listening to. Yeah. Sometimes you have to keep your enemy as close as your friends. Yeah. Yes, you do. But, you know, we have some friends that are definitely not enemies, and those are our wonderful patrons on Patreon. Yes. These cats are the ones that make this show happen. Your your financial support is the reason this show can go on. So we thank you from the bottoms of our hearts. And, as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, whatever, take that out. <laughs>